from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. As we turn our attention to week 17 in the NFL, the bowl season in college football rolls along. The NHL is back after their COVID break. And the NBA still going on and plenty of players in the health and safety protocols. But the biggest story in sports on Tuesday, the passing of John Madden, an NFL icon. Madden uh, was 85 years old, um, took, you know, longtime head coach of the Raiders, took them to seven AFC championship games, won Super Bowl eleven over the Minnesota Vikings after the 1976 season. And then to the broadcast booth he went where if you uh, if you watched football for a 30-year span, um, John Madden was your guy. For, uh, worked for all four major networks as the NFL rights just kept changing from CBS to, to Fox to ABC, NBC. Uh, he worked for them all. And, you know, obviously his uh, time with Pat Summerall was legendary. Uh, worked with Al Michaels for a time as well. You know, Madden, um, an absolute icon. What is it, 16 Emmys, 17 Emmys? Uh, covered 11 Super Bowls, Thanksgiving games. The Turducken, uh, the all-Madden team has become a thing. You know, that's uh, that's obviously uh, the all-Madden team is one of his legacies. And and really, now his name, his name will live on forever as the uh, Madden video game franchise is one of the most successful video game franchises of all time. You know, over, what, 250, 300 million copies sold of Madden over 34-year span. Just uh, an icon of the game, uh, John Madden passing away at the age of 85. Uh, Driving here in Vegas past Allegiant Stadium, uh, a nice tribute done by the Raiders, uh, the, the all the lights in the stadium were off. And it's weird because if, if you're in Vegas at night and you're driving by, you know, you're driving down the, the 15 and you're passing the strip and, you know, Allegiant Stadium is there, it's all lit up. You're going to see the lights in the stadium and, and it's beautiful. But uh, the lights were all off except for the LED display on the outside, which, um, you know, displayed a nice message. Uh, in memory of John Madden. So nice job done by the Raiders. The torch was lit on the inside as well. I believe that Madden became the first um, 
person to light the torch uh, when they started doing that there at the Raider games. So, uh, you know, he'll be missed, of course. An icon, a pioneer, and a legend. John Madden, uh, Hall of Famer, and uh, just the, you know, name synonymous with the game of football. We had a couple of bowl games take place here on uh, Tuesday, one of which was canceled. And this was really interesting because the game was canceled five hours, six hours before it was supposed to start. Talking about the Holiday Bowl, UCLA and NC State. UCLA pulled out because of the COVID-19 problems. And NC State had no idea until they found out. They were expecting to play this game. And, you know, they got it. They, they were very upset that this is the way it went down. But we did have four games that were played. Uh, the, the first two went exactly like I thought it was going to happen. Uh, I had Houston on the money line as a slight underdog against Auburn. Houston wins the game 17-13, so they went outright. And this is something that I talked about a lot and I continue to talk about. If you like a single-digit underdog in one of these bowl games, bet them to win outright. The majority of the time, and since 2008, the numbers were 77% of single-digit underdogs that covered, 77% of them have gone on to win the game outright. So if you like to back a single-digit dog, bet them to win the game outright. Uh, I'm going to update the stats here. With Houston winning the game and covering, now single-digit dogs are one, two, three, four, five, six of them covered. Six single-digit dogs covered, and five out of the six won their games outright. Air Force Louisville was a pick 'em. So I can't exactly, and I think Air Force might have closed at minus one, but I had Air Force on the money line. It was just an, you know, even money thing, minus 110. And uh, Air Force won the game outright or whatever. They won the game over Louisville, despite Malik Cunningham trying to will them back in the fourth quarter. Nice touchdown run there, but Air Force, they, they built up a nice early lead. They were able to hold on, especially after adding a field goal there in the fourth quarter. 31-28 was your final score. Air Force opened up this game throwing the football, which was like, wow, great job done by Coach Calhoun because, you know, I'm sure Louisville spent a lot of time trying to prepare for the run here, knowing that Air Force is a team that averages 350 yards on the ground and it's going to be impossible to stop them. Well, they opened things up. They opened it up big time. Uh, Hazik Daniels threw for 252 yards and two touchdowns as Air Force jumped out to an early lead, 14-0. Then it was 28-14, and they held on to win, like I said, 31-28, the final score there. The game that I completely whiffed on, Mississippi State. Ten-point favorites. The spread dropped because before kickoff, It was announced that several players on defense were not playing in this game for the Bulldogs, but their offense still should have been able to win this football game. They have the third best passing offense in college football. They were going up against the Texas Tech team that had the worst passing defense in the Big 12. 
Texas Tech destroyed them. Mississippi State had nothing. Nothing offensively. Defensively couldn't stop the run. Texas Tech ran all over them. And I didn't care that, you know, Texas Tech might be able to run on them. I just felt that Mississippi State was going to be able to score 30 in this game. 34-7 final score. Texas Tech wins as a 10-point underdog. I actually think it closed to 8.5. So an 8.5-point underdog. Texas Tech uh, wins the game outright. And then the nightcap, a game that I liked but didn't uh, play in the parlay that uh, we put together last night, and I probably should have. Minnesota easily took care of West Virginia. West Virginia didn't get anything going offensively. Minnesota covers the uh, five-and-a-half, six-point line, and they win 18-6 to in this game, closes as a six-point favorite, and they cover. So congratulations there. But the single-digit dogs is the one trend that I'm telling you about. If you like a single-digit dog to cover, just bet them to win outright because if they cover, it's they're probably going to win the game outright. Uh, on Wednesday, we have three games. One game was canceled. We were supposed to have four, but SMU Virginia, the Fenway Bowl, not being played. So I got three games on the schedule. Maryland, Vatek, and the Pinstripe Bowl at Yankee Stadium. Clemson, Iowa State, the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando, and then Oregon, Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl in San Antonio. I'm going with the chalk. I'm going chalky chalk Wednesday. And I think that Maryland beats Vatek, Clemson over Iowa State, and Oklahoma over Oregon. My favorite play, though, my one of my official plays for bowl season. And I know I play a lot of these games, like we talk about it on the show, and I talk about a lot of these picks. And, and like I said, I had Houston, I did the Air Force, I did Mississippi State. Um, but in terms of like things that you know I'll put out on vcin.com or, or you know official selections for me that you know I'm trying to whatever count towards my official record if you will if you even want to call it that uh, Oklahoma is one of my plays I've had you know the, the Liberty was my first one of bowl season um, Memphis was the second one that game got canceled Western Michigan was my next official play. And Oklahoma is up next. If you're asking me what's up next after Oklahoma, uh, the next game up for me is Michigan State. I got Michigan State at even at a pick 'em, so they're minus two and a half now. And then on Friday, I got the overs in the college football playoff games. On Saturday, uh, Notre Dame and Utah and Ole Miss. So that will wrap up bowl season for me, but. Tomorrow, but on Wednesday, the game for me is Oklahoma. I I just think there's too much going on with this Oregon program. They're in in a big transition here, and Oklahoma is not so much in a transition. Why? Because you know, obviously, they're bringing a head coach that uh, was there for a long time as the defensive coordinator and Brent Venables. And you know, the fact that Bob Stoops is coaching this game for this program, I think, says a lot. You know, I think these players want to play for him. I think they're going to want to prove themselves to a guy who is so important to that program. And I I just look at Oklahoma. This is probably going to be a a statement win for them to go out there and and, and showcase themselves uh, because they ended the season on a bad note, losing, you know, to Oklahoma State in a game that they had a lead. And, And maybe they feel that a little bit slighted. Like, hey, we should have won that game. 
And if we win that game, we should we we're gonna win the Big 12 title. And then if we win the Big 12 title, maybe we're in the college football playoff. Who knows? But I think they're uh, they got something to prove here against Oregon. And Oregon without Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, I do believe that Oklahoma rolls in this performance. So I like I love the Sooners as uh, an official play for me here on Wednesday. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. The COVID news in the NFL is just wreaking havoc on the spreads. We'll talk about the crazy live movement that occurred here on Tuesday. Coming up next, here on The Look Ahead with me, Scott Sadenberg, on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dot com slash subscribe and take your sports betting game to the next. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcasts and get beat in the book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also listen to The Look Ahead right here with me, Scott Seidenberg. Just Search for VSIN Best Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Click on the VSIN Best Bets logo on that VSIN.com slash podcasts website and make sure you listen to the look ahead on your schedule. Maybe you're not up late with us or early, depending on where you are in the country. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Speaking of our MVP discussion earlier today, Bond tweets at me. Uh, definitely got behind the Rodgers is not going to win because of the immunization debacle. Uh, I feel like an idiot, though, because the interception stat is amazing. Uh, CRG disagrees, thinks that Andy Reid should be the coach of the year. Um, and 
uh, Mass uh, is talking about how bad Mississippi State was. But, yeah, I agree. Mississippi State was terrible. Bad pick by, my, by me. So let's talk about the, the, the COVID situation in the NFL and the movement that occurred here with the lines. I mean, wow. We had an incredible situation here with this point spread in the Colts-Raiders game. The story, first of all, before the story even breaks, and let me just take you through the timeline. If you can go ahead and put the graphic on the screen about the line movement here with this game. The line was at 7 at 9 a.m., okay? And at about 9.51, you saw the line drop down to 5. That was before the news became public. So there was already some sort of idea out there that there was something going on with the Indianapolis Colts because something was going down to move that line, okay? So now you find out Colts placed at 10.23 a.m. That's when ESPN's Adam Schefter tweeted out, Carson Wentz has been placed on the reserve COVID list. So you see, at 9.51, the line went down. Something was afoot. Then Schefter breaks the news. At 10.26, so we're talking about just minutes after, big jump from five down to two and a half. Then the line gets to one and a half. And perhaps at around 11.55, when the line jumped up to two and a half, it seems that maybe there could have been some buyback on the Indianapolis Colts. Right? Like maybe people saying, hey, um, the, uh, the, the, this is just too much of an adjustment, and I believe that we're going to have... Um, we're going to have the Colts to win this game, one and a half. It doesn't matter. Sam Ellinger, whatever. They still have Jonathan Taylor. Should be able to get this thing done. At 11.59, news broke that the NFL and the NFLPA were getting close to adopting the new CDC guidelines. And that means that Instead of a 10-day quarantine for all players, it would be just a five-day quarantine for all players. That was tweeted out at 11.59 a.m. At 12.04, that line jumped back up to minus five. And then jumped up to six and a half. And then to six. Right now up on DraftKings, the line for the Colts, is at six and a half. With this new adjustment that a player, vaccinated or not, well, unvaccinated, they will be able to be out just five days before returning. 
if Carson Wentz tested positive on Monday, we got half day on Monday. And are you like, are you guys a thumb counter or a finger counter? Like, which which do you go with the one first? Normally, I'm like a finger counter. I go like one, two, three, four, five. But like sometimes lately, I've been doing this uh, this thumb thing, this like thumb thumb counter where we go one, two, three, four. You know, some people do that. You get the thumb counter or the finger counter. Well, I'll go back to being a finger counter here because I think earlier in the show I did a thumb count. Try to mix things up a bit, right? So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Okay, if we have to start to maybe change this to Tuesday, we go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Luckily, I didn't have to take out my shoes here um, to start using my toes. Five days means that Carson Wentz could play on Sunday. So, yeah, of course this line's going to move back to where it was because he's not going to miss the game. Now, I don't know what happens if Carson Wentz tests neg- tests positive again or if he has symptoms because all of these rules – have to are based on if they're asymptomatic or if their symptoms have drastically improved. So we could see Carson Wentz play, test positive on Monday or Tuesday, get cleared by Friday or Saturday. He's in on Sunday. And wouldn't that just be the best thing for the Indianapolis Colts? This is a team that has won eight out of their last 10 games. Yes, they are led by Jonathan Taylor, but let's not knock, knock Carson Wentz because he's had a tremendous season. And fighting for a playoff spot, they have, it's all laid out in front of them. As long as they win, they're getting into the playoffs. Right now, they are the five seed in the AFC playoff picture at nine and six. They beat the Raiders. That'll be 10 and 6, and that'll lock themselves in there. If they lose, let's see. Um, if they lose, hmm. If they lose and fall to 9 and 7. Now, the Patriots could win. They will win. They're playing the Jags. They would be 10 and 6, and the Patriots would leapfrog them. If the Dolphins win, but the Dolphins are underdogs, they would be 9 and 7 as well. But the Colts beat the Dolphins, so they have the head to head. So even with a loss here at 9 and 7, they would still be the sixth seed because the Patriots would leapfrog them with the win. They would drop down to six. They'd have the tiebreaker over Miami. So if Miami won, if the, let's see, if the Ravens or Chargers win, this is where you have to start looking at their schedule now. Um, there's no, they uh, the Colts lost to the Ravens. So this is where it could get interesting. The Ravens, who are underdogs in their own right, but let's say the Ravens win, and they're nine and seven. They actually have the tiebreak or tiebreaker over the Colts. So the Colts would go. They would start at being six. 
they would jump down to seven, and the Ravens would jump up to six. The Chargers have a five and five conference record. Colts have a seven and three conference record, so that the Colts would be ahead of the Chargers. Uh, but the Raiders would actually leapfrog them as well because the Raiders would beat them. So if the Colts lose to the to the Raiders this week, there's no guarantee that going into the final week of the season that they would be in a position to make the playoffs. So that is where we are at right now. But if they win, they're locking themselves in. So good stuff there from uh, for, for the Colts. If you have Carson Wentz, obviously their chances to win, it, it, it improves dramatically. The ESPN FPI index, you know, the way they, you know, try and predict what's going to happen based on the uh, football power index, their chances to make the playoffs are 96%. And yeah, it makes sense because they are heavily favored over the Raiders. They're a touchdown favorite in this game. And then they end the season with the Jaguars. So the only way they're missing the playoffs is if they lose these last two games, but they're going to win these next two games. So yeah, I agree with those 96%. But it does help having Carson Wentz. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the look ahead here on Visa. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Save 50% off a VSN all access subscription for the rest of football season with our big game special. Get access to our in depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting splits showing you where the money is going on every game. Sign up today and you'll also get our daily best bets emails, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video, plus our college bowl betting guide covering every bowl game for only $39 at vcin.com slash subscribe. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. As we approach midweek, wanted to take a quick look at the lines for week 17 in the NFL and talk about some of the profitable systems that we have been keeping an eye on and keeping track of throughout this NFL season. Well, we have the trend that has been the most profitable has been the short road dogs. I mean, by far the most profitable trend in the NFL this season. 62 and 27 this year are road underdogs of seven points or less. That's what I mean by a short road dog. Road teams getting seven or less are covering 62 and 27 against the spread. Taking a look at the schedule here for week 17. The first team up, the New York football giants. They are six-point dogs in Chicago at the Bears. And look, system be damned. Uh, I'm not betting on the Giants. I mean, the Bears, they look better with Nick Foles at quarterback, and this Giants team is putrid. Jake Fromm got his first career start last week, and he was terrible. Uh, (laughs) And then Mike Glennon, he was even worse. Saquon Barkley is a complete bust of a draft pick. Why you take a running back with the second overall pick is the most idiotic thing ever. This is a Giants team that I know they came out and they said that, oh, or, or they didn't come out. But ESPN had reported that um, 
the Giants were expected to bring back head coach Joe Judge. That First of all, if you hear anything being reported, it's because somebody wants you to hear that information. And I think that maybe by floating out that information, it kind of gets people to stop, or it certainly gets the New York media to stop talking about Joe Judge losing his job and instead lets the team just finish out the season. But in reality, Joe Judge is losing his job, right? Dave Gettleman, the general manager, is out of a job. They're going to hire a new GM, and you hire a new GM, they're going to hire their own coach. So I would expect wholesale changes for this Giants team uh, moving forward. But they're six-point dogs at Chicago. I I can't take the six. I don't even know if I can lay the points with Chicago anyway, but I can't take the six. I might push the Bears down. Bears are a good teaser spot. I think the Bears win this game against the Giants because the Giants, like I mentioned, are a bad football team. That's your first short road underdog. Your second short road underdog, the Miami Dolphins, three-and-a-half-point dogs at Tennessee. Maybe the Dolphins are a popular dog here because they've won seven straight games, right? We just saw them on Monday Night Football handle their business against the New Orleans Saints. But the Titans are coming off a little uh, a, a mini buy here, if you will. So you have a team that has a couple of extra days off versus a team coming in on a shorter, shorter week. That's got to play into the Titans' advantage. Uh, plus, you know the Titans aren't going to take this team lightly, and there's still plenty of things to play for for Tennessee. If they lose this game, and again, I don't think they will, but if the Titans lose this game, they would fall to 10-6. and six, And the Colts would then, with a win, improve to 10-6. and six. And now it comes down to the final week of the regular season where the Titans have to go to the Texans and, again, should win the game, but we just did see the Texans win as a double-digit underdog against the Chargers, so anything can happen. And maybe, you know, things tight, get a little tight and you get a little nervous and uh, I don't know, but you don't want to get to the spot where the final game of the season is going to determine the division. You don't want to be there. Take care of the job now. Clinch the division with a win here over the Titans, uh, win here over the Dolphins, excuse me, and then have a chance to be the number one seed. Like, think about that. If the Titans win this game and they are 11-5 and and the Kansas City Chiefs lose to the Cincinnati Bengals, which is a possibility. Cincinnati's a very good team. The Titans would be the number one seed in the AFC by virtue of a head-to-head tiebreaker. That's what's on the line for Tennessee. I like Tennessee. I don't like the Dolphins as the short road dog. Your next one is the, let's see, the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are five-and-a-half-point dogs against the Chargers on the road, short road dogs there. You know, it's hard to back either of these teams. The Broncos have lost two straight. They didn't look good against the Raiders. Um, You know, Drew Locke gets the start, 15 of 22 passing, 153 yards. They rushed. Think about this. And this is, like, almost impossible to believe. They rushed for 18 yards. That's it. 
I feel like if you just like hand the ball off and fall down on every play, you know, or just quarterback sneak it on every play, you're gonna average you're gonna get more than 18 rushing yards in a game. Right? 16 carries, 18 yards for the Denver Broncos last week against the Raiders. Okay. So I actually think the Chargers are a great spot here. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's like I'm fading the trend. I'm fading all of these road dogs, but the Chargers have to win this game. Their playoff hopes are sinking fast. They're not in the playoff picture right now. They have lost a bunch of winnable games. This you got to bounce back now. And I understand last week against the Texans, okay, no Austin Eckler, no Mike Williams, no Jalen Guyton, and, and you're, you're wondering, you know, who's going to step up offensively. Justin Jackson had a great game. Your defense was just terrible. This week, you got to win this game. You just got to win this game. Next short road dog, the Cardinals, five-and-a-half-point dogs against the Cowboys. This one I kind of like. Uh, and, and I'm not trying to disrespect the Cowboys, but kind of like what I said with the Miami Dolphins when I looked at the Dolphins' wins and I was like, oh, you know what? I don't really think that they've beaten anybody. And their seven straight wins were against teams not in the playoffs. The Dallas Cowboys have uh, won, let's see, one, two, three, four, five of their last seven. And even before that, I mean, it's just been, look, they're 11 and four. Okay, there are four losses. The Bucks, you're gonna, everyone's gonna lose to the Bucks. You lose to the Chiefs. Everyone's gonna lose to the Chiefs. The loss to the Broncos as a double-digit favorite, terrible. And then losing to the Raiders on Thanksgiving, horrible. But let's look at their wins this year. They beat the Chargers in the second week of the season. Chargers, by the way, not currently in the playoff picture, but in that game. Chargers should have won. There was a ridiculous penalty called uh, on in that game that really allowed Dallas you know, another opportunity of roughing the pass. It's just it's, there was a lot that went into that game. Chargers that that was that game was stolen from the Chargers. Anyway, Eagles, Panthers, Giants, Patriots is a good win. Not going to take that away from them. Good win. Vikings not currently in the playoff picture. Falcons, Saints, Washington, Giants, Washington. The Dallas Cowboys have beaten one team that's in the play. Well, the Eagles technically are in the playoff picture now. So I'll say two teams in the Patriots and the Eagles that are currently in the playoff picture. Other than that, every win, non-playoff team. And when it's all said and done, like if the Eagles don't make the playoffs, the Dallas Cowboys might only have one win against the playoff team, and that's the Patriots. And every other one of their wins are against non-playoff teams. I think the Cardinals are getting disrespected here. Yes, they lost the last couple of times that we've seen them on national television, right? You lose to the Rams on primetime. You lose to the Colts in primetime standalone games. And the loss to the Lions is just inexcusable. But this is a team that at one point was 10-2 and with the best record in the NBA. I got to believe that Kyler Murray and company put, put things together and have a competitive game against the Cowboys. Because if they don't, I mean, look, they've clinched a playoff spot. But does anybody think that this team's going to win a playoff game? Now, you go out there and you beat Dallas on the road, changes everything. Keeps you alive in the division as well. But I think the Cardinals, I think this is a, a game that I could take the points in. 
Um, I'll have to think about it a little when I get when it gets closer, but I think the Cardinals can keep this thing within a field goal. Maybe the total is the play, 51 and a half. That Cowboy defense has been very impressive. Very impressive. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's The Look Ahead right here on VC. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN, the sports betting network. We have a new prop tracker now available on VSIN.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to VSIN.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at VSIN.com slash NFL. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. As we take a look at all the action that will unfold here on Wednesday, we have a full slate of NBA games. And uh, again, I have to caution everybody anytime you talk about the NBA now, just wait and see who's going to be available. COVID has just wreaked havoc on this league. Uh, you got. Not taxi squads, but yeah, essentially taxi squads. In the NHL, you got taxi squads, but in the NBA, these players signed to emergency contracts. Um, look, the Minnesota Timberwolves played the other day without all five of their regular starters. I think they maybe got one or two back, but, um, you know, three players not playing for them against the Knicks. D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards. I mean, what are you going to do? The Brooklyn Nets got some good news. The Nets are actually getting reinforcements back. The Brooklyn Nets, they, uh, Durant, Kyrie, and LaMarcus Aldridge have all cleared the health and safety protocols. So Aldridge has been in the protocols for two weeks. Durant and Irving, 10 days ago. 
Uh, the Nets, we know, had a massive COVID outbreak. The Nets will play on Thursday against the 76ers. And Durant will be um, in that game. Kyrie Irving will not be because he still can't play in New York because of uh, the city's vaccination mandate. Um, Irving can only play in games outside of New York and Toronto. So the first time that he could take the court this season would be January 5th in Indianapolis against the Pacers. Steve Nash said recently that Kyrie's going to get, he needs a week or two to ramp back up after exiting the protocols. So let's see if he exits the protocols here, gets starts practicing on Wednesday, gets a week or so. Yeah, he could play in that January 5th game in Indy against the Pacers. So let's take a look at what we have going down here in the NBA on Wednesday. Speaking of the Pacers, they're two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Hornets. The Knicks are six-point favorites at Detroit. New York is going to be playing on the second night of a back-to-back. They just beat the shorthanded Minnesota Timberwolves. So uh, you got the Knicks playing uh, from Minnesota. We'll travel to Detroit to play against the Pistons, and they are laying six. For uh, Detroit, I guess, they are coming off. They've lost three straight games. They just lost to the Knicks in New York, 105-91 a couple of weeks. Uh, was it a couple of weeks ago? When was that? That had to have been, that was, oh, that was about eight days ago, about last week. Uh, so this doesn't really qualify into that. You know, position of t- of of teams that I that, that we like to back. You know, it, when two teams play each other in such close proximity, like seventy two hours apart, uh, I always like to go with the team that lost the first game to get revenge and win the second game. But this has been you know plenty of time eight nine days since these two teams played, so can't really go there. Plus, Detroit is just they're just bad. Uh, you know, not going to have five wins on the year. You got the Celtics as a five and a half point favorite against the Clippers. Keep an eye on the availability for players in this one. Um, the Celtics, we know, are going to be without Jason Tatum. He's in the protocols. Dennis Schroeder also in the protocols. And um, you're going to be without, or you could be without Marcus Smart. So Marcus Smart is questionable. He's got like a cut on his hand. So got to see what happens with, um, you know, Paul George in this one. Paul George is a go. And um, I don't know. I mean, I could look at if Marcus Smart doesn't play. I mean, this line's probably going to move, right? Could, you know, Marcus Smart this year. He's having a nice season, right? Marcus Smart is 10.9 points, 5.5 assists, and two steals for the Celtics. And then Tatum is, you know, 26.8 points over the last 10 games. Yeah, pretty pretty darn good. Elsewhere, you got the Bulls, 8.5 over the Hawks. Hawks are just decimated. Uh, Lakers are plus 4.5 on the second night of a back-to-back. They're in Memphis to take on the Grizzlies. Uh, does that mean we get LeBron James at center once again? Please. Lakers covered. That's that's the story here. The Lakers are the worst team in the NBA against the spread. Actually, with this win against the spread here, they're not the worst now. They're the second worst 
They're 13 and 22 against the spread. Portland is 12 and 21. So the Lakers 13 and 22 ATS. That's really bad. That's really bad. Memphis, meanwhile, 21 and 14 ATS on the year. Uh, the Spurs three point favorites at home against the Heat. The Suns 15 points at home against the Thunder. You got the Jazz six and a half at Portland. And uh, I just mentioned uh, how bad Portland is against the spread 12 and 21 against the spread this year. And the Jazz are laying six and a half on the road there. And then you got the Kings and the Mavericks from Sacramento. Dallas is a point and a half favorite on the road there. Uh, so a couple of teams playing second nights of back-to-backs, right? The Heat just won uh, against the Wizards at home, and now they're going uh, on the road to San Antonio. So they're playing the second night of a back-to-back. I mentioned the Lakers, the Knicks as well, second night of a back-to-back, and the Kings, who just beat the Thunder 117-111. Uh, they're staying home. They welcome in Dallas, uh, and they are one-and-a-half-point dogs in this one. Uh, so you do have players, uh, teams dealing with second nights of back-to-back. And, yeah, the COVID news with the players not in, it affects teams. I mean, look at the Warriors. Warriors played this without Draymond Green, and they lost to the Nuggets 89-86 uh, in this game. The spread went off at uh, Warriors minus eight. Uh, They did get Andrew Wiggins back, so that's the good news, but without Draymond Green for some time now because of the health and safety protocols, they obviously missed him here in this performance. Didn't really get help from any of the other players off the bench as uh, the Warriors fell to the Nuggets 89-86. On the NHL, the league returned to action on Tuesday, and the three games that were played all went over. Uh, We're talking high-scoring affairs here on Tuesday. Lightning Canadiens, nine goals. Golden Knights Kings, nine goals. Sharks Coyotes, 15. Wow. There were four goals in the first period of that game, four goals in the first period of Golden Knights Kings, three goals in the first period, Canadiens Lightning. How much do we attribute that to the fact that these teams had several days off? Did they come back from the break? Were they rested? Fresh legs? Is that why there were more more scoring? Or was there maybe a lack of defense because of, uh, you know, what's been going on? Was there um, the goalies being a little bit rusty? Something, there was something that had to be a reason here, right? Something was the reason why you had three games which combined for at least 33 goals. It's the first three-day, three-gate, three-game day, excuse me, to feature at least 33 goals since February 24th, 1993. Has to be a reason here. So maybe take a look at some of the overs in the games that are coming up here on Wednesday. And you have, let's see, a bunch of postponed games, but here's the games that are scheduled for now. Devils at the Sabres in Buffalo, five and a half. Rangers at the Panthers, total of six. Predators at the Capitals, total of six. Oilers at the Blues, total of six and a half. Flyers at the Kraken, total of six. Canucks at the Ducks, that rhymes, 
total of five and a half. I'm going to take a look at some overs here in the NHL. Hey, coming up this morning on Follow the Money, Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated will join the program at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. Johnny Avello from DraftKings, 8.45 Eastern. Derek Stevens, right here, owner-operator Circa. Uh, Derek Stevens, great Join the show at 9 a.m. Eastern time. And then Tim Brando, Fox Sports announcer at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. That's all coming up this morning on Follow the Money. You can follow me, Scott Seidenberg, on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. My official play for the college football action here on Wednesday, the Oklahoma Suitors going to roll over the Oregon Ducks. Let's keep it a successful college football bowl season. I'm Scott Satterberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is. This is. This is. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.